Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, what's happening, Rush Nation? <laughs> it is Monday night. Um, those that have been following the stream, we've had a few technical issues. So we started this one again. If you're on the podcast, everything's been swimming. It's not been any issues. Nothing to see here. Uh, I got Lee on with me for this one. Um, we've got some great guests coming over the next couple of weeks. But um brought Lee on because we're going to talk about some news, which is awesome. We're going to talk about um, some of the latest things that have happened. Just to catch people up in case you've been living under a rock or being on holiday or, you know, being in COVID uh, nightmare streams, dreams, whatever it is. Um, and also because Lee's going to give me a little casual break when people time out in the FFCC <laughs> to just quickly go on my phone and he's going to talk. Uh, so this might not be the best visual podcast you're going to watch, but I'm going to do my best. And Lee is as well. Lee, how you doing, my friend? All good? Yeah, not bad. Glad to be on with you. Glad we're over some t- technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be the best visual. It might not be the best po- podcast full stop at this stage. Do you know what? When when you've got in like 402, 403 podcasts like we have, I think we are due a few errors and, and potentially a lot of saying we're going to phone this one in. We're still going to bring the heat. But if this one doesn't quite live up to the billing, then, you know, apologies all around, but we're going to do our best. If nothing, you can just laugh along uh, with us. But um, so really today's show is going to be quite straightforward. We're going to talk a little bit about the FFCC. And then we're going to talk about, again, as we said, just the latest news, a few things relevant for fantasy, um, some thoughts. So we're going to talk about it as news, and then I'm going to talk about the fantasy implications uh, on that and what I would be doing or what I'm thinking uh, and going from there. And then lastly, we're going to be giving out some information with regards to our listener leagues. So uh, keep in mind for that. If you are watching this on the stream, you will notice that mm-hmm. there is some lovely branded FFCC t-shirts. So we kept it back till the day of the launch and or the day of the start of the tournament. But you can order FFCC t-shirts merch 
that um, you can order for, uh, I think it's like £25. Five pounds of that goes to charity. Um, so we're not really making uh, uh, any profit on it, I think, after the postage. But we've said £5 and um that is that's what we're going to donate off off every shirt which is which is pretty much if i'm honest the the, the profit or the the vast majority of it after the posting so um please do buy the t-shirts um we're gonna like say donate and boost the total up for unique um they're really cool great designs uh you and lee and uh, and stocks have worked really hard on on them so it's great to great to see them and uh Great to see them in the store and you can now buy them. Uh, there'll be a link to it in the, in the show notes if you're listening to this. Um, FFCC has gone really well. Uh, just past £3,000 in donations, which is more than we made last year. So thank you so much to everybody who has donated so far. We've got £1,999 to go. Um, so please do keep donating. We're going to do some other cool stuff towards the end of the year. But, you know, it's been really great to see the money coming in. And if you are playing in the FFCC, haven't donated yet please do donate uh whatever you can afford uh, ideally 10 pounds or, or more but you know g- give give what you can um speaking of the ffcc as i mentioned that started at, at three o'clock today um so we're about four hours in at this state um over half the drafts are out of the first round which is phenomenal uh still 10 rounds or so trying to trying to get in there uh, you might hear an alarm go off in a minute. That's because someone's about to time out and then we're going to swap uh, in. I'm going to be the first person I raffled off my seat to raise some more money for charity. So I'm going to jump in, but I think there's going to be two or three timeouts. Um, so there is a queue of people, but if you are interested, drop me a message. And if we get that far down the list, um, I'll be sure to reach you. In fact, there's the alarm. Now. <laughs> there's the first one. <laughs> Lee, um, how are you getting on with your FFCC draft? Because you're you're in it um, once again. So, you know, who are you in the division with and uh, who have you picked so far? I'm, I'm in, a, in a in division eight, I believe it is. Um, we actually got off to a good start, which is nice. We're, we're heading, we are at the 212 right now. So things have been pretty steady since, since the start, which is great. Everyone's, everyone's been involved. Um, I've actually taken, now no one should take this as fantasy football advice at all. <laughs> I've taken Derek Henry and Ezekiel Elliott with my first two picks. I was picking Stop at 111. It. So. Um, I think, I think Henry at 111 is a steal. Yeah. I do think that's a steal, and I like Zeke Elliott this year. I think that's a that is about as good a start as you can get. I mean, if, if I'm honest, given the fact that the top quarterbacks are off the board at this stage, it is a super flex league. I, I think that that's probably what I would have done, mate. So you know, I think I think you've started well. Uh, I think you should be very happy. With it. I think especially Henry at one eleven, I think is an absolute steal in this format. So yeah, I, I was I must say I was pretty happy when he got there. <laughs> But yeah, I'm in, I'm in a in a division with um with our friend Rich King and Ben Rolfe. Um, to say everyone's been active in 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 the league so far, which is great. So, and I'm glad after speaking to you before we went live or before we went live the first time that every all the leagues seem to be up and running. Everyone seems to be going because you put an awful lot of work into this, and it's good that people are now you know are participating as, as, as they should. Well, I, I appreciate that. It's, it's not just the team. Uh, Rich deserves a lot of credit. Um, he's done a lot of cool stuff with the API. We're actually going to share some uh, ADP data uh, off that and progress data. So he's doing a really good job um, with that. And, you know, stocks yourself, loads of people. We've done a lot of work on this and we, we just get better with this every year. I This is the first year I was a bit like a little bit stressed, but not as bad as I was the previous two years. Um, I don't think I was as unbearable this year as, as I perhaps was in, in other years. So um, I have, we have got our first time out. I'm just removing that person. Um and I'm now going to assign myself this team. So this is exciting. Um, so I get to officially join the FFCC um, for the second time because I was in it. And like I said, I raffled off. Uh, and we can get your pick live. Yeah, well, you can get my pick <laughs> live. So I'm in a cool division. I'm in division two with Mark from the DFS pod, Pat Fitzmorris. Uh, Steve Munger, who is someone I've got to know this summer. Um, Liam, who's the Dolphin Abroad. Kev, who's one of our patrons. 
Um, Cooper's dad, he was a finalist. His name's Scott Pike. He was a finalist in the Warrior Bowl um, with myself. Um, Adam Nicholson, who's uh, in our charity dynasty league, and he's played a few more uh, leagues. And there's a few people in here I, I kind of know and I've played with, but maybe don't have the best knowledge. So if I haven't read you all out one by one, then uh, apologies, but uh, pretty cool division. Um, quite happy to join and to play. And so uh, as a result, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good start. I'm really excited to get going. Um, there we go. I've just made my pick. So I picked 106. I took Dalvin Cook. Uh, four quarterbacks went off the board. Mahomes, Allen, Murray, uh, Prescott, uh, I've just got to, I was wondering what was going on there. It was auto picking me and then I realized I hadn't given myself a draft slot. So uh, that'd be why. So I'm just doing this poor video. Um, poor. <laughs> so yeah, I've just picked Dalvin, Dalvin Cook uh, at the 1.06. So that's me in the next time out will be in a few minutes. And um, uh, a guy called Dan Green is going to step in and, and take that spot. And then anymore, there's a bit of a queue, I think, of three or four names. And then I, I think going from there, so let us know. So, yeah, uh, good to get going. Uh, like I said, Rich done a great job. You, Stocks, everyone. The whole team's been really supportive. Um, I just love the fact we can raise some really good money for charity and, and do something amazing. So, um, And bring people together, which is the two things that we love, getting people to play together and just have some fun and, uh, and raise money for charity. So uh, it's awesome. But... Let's crack on with the main segment. So let's, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. This news has come out in the last hour that he's going to play. Um, I was always very confident that Aaron Rodgers was going to play this season for Green Bay. Um, the news came out over the weekend. I'm not even going to call it news. I was a bit, uh, if you saw my Twitter over the weekend, uh, I said that bookmakers should not be uh, taken as journalists. You know, they're not breaking news. All they're doing is reacting to to speculation. Um Pro Football Talk reported that bookmakers believe, and that's completely inaccurate. They don't believe when they fought, when they suspend the markets. They're just taking in information and they want to just sit and take some time and analyse what's going on because guess what? They don't want to lose money. It makes sense. That is not news. So people went like wildfire. If you look at Pro Football Talk's tweet four hours after, it was like reacting to speculation, which is exactly what's going on. It's reacting to speculation. It's trying to find out what's true and what isn't. So we're going to suspend the market. So uh, what about you? What, what are your thoughts on this? It's been a bit of a rocky ride. There was the, the picture that him and Devontae Adams put up on Instagram. What, what I mean, what's your general consensus and take now? It looks like he's going to play this year. I mean, definitely going with your point about the bookmakers. I mean, you've got to remember, bookmakers are always covering themselves. Because they can always put those prices back up. It makes no difference for them to suspend for a while. They're not they're not going to lose an awful lot of money at this time of the season. But I always thought, you know, it he was in a difficult position because it didn't seem like money was the answer. And Green Bay were never going to trade him. So yeah, it, it always felt like a little bit of a stalemate. It's like you've got don't really have a lot of choice but to play. So yeah. it's either that or retire. Um, give all the money back <laughs> yeah exactly we, which has you know and granted there's going to be people screaming at us right now saying you yeah, well, know he's earned all this money and he's got all the endorsements stuff like that no one wants to give up money doesn't matter how much you got sorry it's just, it's just the way it is um, there, there's massive implications when it comes to just all of a sudden up and retiring um, especially with sponsors and stuff like that so you know I think he was actually in a bit of a, a hard place he, he's done everything he can to get his own way but Green Bay haven't budged. And I, I think based on that, you know, the one thing I know about Aaron Rodgers, I think you're right. I don't think this is about the money. I think it's about the legacy. I think Aaron Rodgers looked at what Tom Brady did last year. Hey, I hit free agency. I got to bring all of my friends together. And then I won a ring. I won a, I won a Lombardi on a team that's notoriously been bad. So Tom Brady already had a pretty impeccable record that was cemented any questions about was it Brady or was it Belichick have been completely obliterated with Brady's seventh Lombardi trophy and Aaron Rodgers he cares about his legacy and he is not retiring with one ring if he can help it and not just one ring, one Super Bowl appearance. You know, this man has only appeared in the Super Bowl once for all the plaudits and accolades that people give on him. 
Um, this is a quarterback that, you know, has not delivered on his talent. Now, you can sit here and say it's coaching. You can sit here and say it's situation, it's injuries, whatever you want to, to call it. It is what it is. I do think he wants to move. I do think this is his last year in Green Bay. I understand the frustration. But as you say, the franchise were never going to trade him this year. Next year, different ball game. This year was always going to play for me. Yeah, I think, you know, he, he saw that it, it can be easy if you can get the things you want. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it can appear easy. I'm, I'm not saying it was easy for the Bucks. Do you know what I mean? But it, like you say, you manage to get your friends there. You get the players you want. Great. Instead, you're sitting at home thinking we're going to draft a wide receiver and you draft Jordan Loves. And it... it He's not going to forget that. Like, you know, he, he says that it, it didn't bother him as much, but like, it just straight up did. And and, and every action since has kind of s- suggested that and that he's still holding it as a grudge. Um, I say, I don't think, I don't think he really had the choice. I think he, he tried um, his hardest to force their hand, but Green Bay didn't budge and, you know, Okay, if you really don't want to turn up, don't turn up, or we'll start taking money back on you every day. You don't turn up because you got to remember he's gonna get fined starting from the beginning of camp every single day. You know, it, yes, we don't want to move on from you, but if you're gonna do it, we're gonna take some of the money back in the process. And I think, I think with Green Bay, I think when you look at where they are and what they want to achieve, back to back NFC. Uh, title games, uh, all right, they've lost both, but, you know, home field advantage they had last year. You you look at it, this is a team that you would have to say is one of the top three teams to win the NFC this year. You do not want to give that over to Jordan Love at this stage. And I think probably Green Bay expected to be in a bit more of a rebuild before now. And I think it's now just at this stage where now you just got to just ride it. You want to get one more year out of out of him. You want to get one more year out and see if you win it. And if you do, then then great. And if you don't, then you move on. But I think it's, I think I think you know he's now putting the demands out there. I read a report that it's something along the lines of uh, he wants ninety million guaranteed over over two years. And I think it's more like when he moves to his next team, he's got that that money leveraged up. But I've already I've already put it out there what I want. The, the teams out there know what to expect. It's almost like that that um, period just before free agency where teams can gauge the market. He's put it out there, so you you know you know what you've got to do to get yourself in position to sign me. Yeah. And I think that's critical. So uh, we are we are where we are with Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I never thought he would. And I think now for drafts, I think, you know, over the weekend, if you were in a draft, you'd have felt a little bit uneasy about it. And, and I think that makes sense. But I think now you can just draft him. I expect his ADP to climb back to probably what it was pre... Um, uh, probably pre all of this. So I expect him to start going in the seventh, maybe even the sixth round of drafts. So we'll see what happens in the next, you know, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. The The, the last dance picture, I think, was the telltale sign for me he was coming back. I think him, him and Devontae Adams are gone next year. So I think they're all in to try and make something happen this year. And good luck to them. I, I think now we're coming to the end of this long drawn out saga probably didn't need to be drawn out just, I think we'll all agree for sigh of relief oh for sure just a quick one though do you think winning cures all if they were to if they were to win do you think there's a chance Green Bay can keep them no no I don't um, I think it's, it's we're past that but I, I I think I think people and I don't think this is just Aaron Rodgers by the way I think you know Russell Wilson is in this camp People looked at what Tom Brady went and did last year and was like, yeah, that's cool. And I think now that is the blueprint of how you get a superstar player um, by giving the player power, which has not happened really in the NFL. They, you know, the front office at Tampa Bay went to, to went to Tom Brady and went, we will consult you on personnel decisions. You're not going to get your own way on everything. And we've seen that in the draft. They drafted Carl Trask in the second round. He's not going to get everything. 
But get him. But he's going to get a say. He's going to get a say. You know, Antonio Brown. He vouched for Antonio Brown. There's no way the Bruce Arians wanted him as a first choice wide receiver, given their history. But you know what was clear was Brady talked to Brown and talked to coach, and they worked out a resolution. Said this guy will make our team better. And you know what? He scores a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Regardless of whatever happens in that relationship, it paid off. It paid off and it worked. The same with Fournette, same with all these guys. These are all people that were brought in because, and it's much easier when you're Tom Brady and you've won all these rings because you've earned that respect. I think people look at it now and think, I want to do what Brady did. I want to go to a team. I want to bring in the best talent. I I want a franchise. They're all in on me. And no other team, the Packers in particular, will never be all in on a player because they're an owned, you know, they're not a business. They are a, they're owned by shareholders. The fans have a a control. It's a very awkward situation that nobody's bigger than the franchise. Um, And that say, that saying gets said a lot. No one is bigger than the franchise. Do you know what? Players want to be bigger than the franchise. That's the whole point. In the NBA, it's all the time. You don't think about the teams. You think about the players. Players can force movement. Players can do what they want. Same in the Premier League. People don't look at clubs anymore. They look at players. Who's Ronaldo playing for? Who's Messi playing for? We're going to follow them. That's what's going. That's what the NFL is going to go to at some point, whether it wants to hold on or not. So, I, I respect Rogers for trying his luck. I respect Rogers for wanting a move. I even understand and, and trust his reasons. But don't sign a huge deal that cripples your team and yes. then expect to get traded a year later. you got to remember, especially some of the quarterbacks, I've got to remember, you, you are part of the problem as well. <laughs> you, you know, you, like you say, you cripple the team. Deshaun Watson is, is the one that, that I think you know, we spoke a little while ago about um, you sign a huge deal. You then can't say Houston is a huge problem because that's the same the same owner that, that you've had all the time you've been there. You know, you know, you, you were happy to sign a deal a year ago, so you've got to accept some responsibility on those those parts. And you know, you, you want to take all the money possible when you're at the quarterback position. Don't blame me for doing it, but you have to understand when the when the team then say. Well, we can't allocate all the resources you want to get in the players you want. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So just from a fantasy perspective, right? So we've got Rogers and Adams here. I think you've got two kinds of... First of all, for redraft now, I think all wheels up. I think you can confidently draft them. I think Adams will go back to being the wide receiver one taken off the board instead of the wide receiver three. I think Rogers will go in the sixth round, maybe even the high fifth. Um and then when it comes to looking at Dynasty, I think this is really fascinating because I think it's pretty clear both these guys are off next year. And so then what is their price in Dynasty is, I think, a really interesting one. And maybe Rich and the Dynasty boys might cover this in a bit more detail. Because for me, I feel confident in drafting Aaron Rodgers perfectly high in a Dynasty draft. I did it just a few weeks ago. I don't have a problem drafting Rogers wherever he goes because I think he's going to get what he wants. Um, but I do think Adams is an interesting problem because what does he go to? Does he go for money or does he go for success? And whichever way that falls out, for example, if he goes to the Raiders, I don't like that. I don't want him on a John Gruden team. He takes a massive arrow down for me. So I think in Dynasty, I think you have to watch what you do with Devontae Adams, because it's very clear for me that you're not going to potentially get him in as good a spate as you you could do. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about Watson since you're sorry. <laughs> let's talk about Watson. You know, we we talked about this last time you were on. We talked about this situation that potentially I, I said to you that. He should go to Miami. <laughs> this is this is how long ago. This is before all the all the all the issues with the legal stuff. And I'm not we're not gonna court we're not gonna talk about the legal stuff because we don't know as much as anybody about what's what's going on. It's pretty evident that stuff is um but, you can say there is a legal issue because that is yeah, that is, is true. There is a legal issue. No, nothing the league hasn't brought anything down. 
He won't be deposed until 2022. We don't know what's going to happen. It's worth notifying it's a civil issue, not a criminal issue. And that's a big thing. People keep saying it's, you know, it's the same. It's not the same. The reason it's not the same is one carries a much more significant penalty in a court of law than the other. And also a civil case for the NFL is just not as severe as bad press. Um, so I think in terms of the, I don't think the ban is going to be as strong if he gets one. And that's my personal opinion. I'm not basing that off any other experience other than I just think he cuts a deal with the NFL and says, I'll sit four games or I'll sit six games. And then I think, well, that will be what it will be. But there is news that came out this week and I find it fascinating. First of all, he's reported which I don't think is a shock because I think he lost all his bargaining chips when the legal cases happened. I think you, I think you have to turn up to get to have any goodwill. If you want to get something done, you want to get out of town. You actually need to help the process somewhat. I, I think. I think it's the same reason you see Rogers turn up. Like even if he wants something done, still you kind of have to be there to to help facilitate that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think you you do. I think I think you said that right in the head. I think you have to turn up in order to get. Um, at least something of, of what you want. And I think that makes sense. And I think also you've lost your bargaining chips. And also legal cases are expensive. He needs the money now. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of things going on. And he might have to pay a settlement, which again, or he might lose and he have to pay more. Either way, he needs the money. And I think, you know, he said he wants to be traded. The Texans want to trade him. I, I, I think the Texans played hard all the way. I just think they went, nah. We're not going to trade you. And I think now everyone wants to be done with the situation. Now, what's interesting here is, is, and I thought we saw two things, right, come out. The first was, you know, there's a 90% chance he turns up at the Philadelphia Eagles, um, which I found in its own way extremely interesting. Um, But then second of all, you've got this, in the background now, the Texans have said we want we want three first round picks, right? So now you're looking at the board thing and three first round picks. Who has three first round picks? Yeah, because ideally you don't want them over three years, right? You want them over two <laughs> max. So who has who has three first round picks that we can deal with? Well, that's that's the Eagles. That's I think that's all I can think of because they've got potentially three. This they've got potentially three this year uh, or in the next draft, although one of them is contingent on Carson Wentz. But then there's another, if not, you know, they can do a two and a one. Um, or they can at least negotiate that down to two. We'll give you two this year and maybe like a second or whatever. Either way, I, I am more and more convinced that that is going to happen. Um, not just because I think the beat writer who wrote that story is a very good beat writer. He's someone whose content I have read and trust. Um, I'm not saying he gets everything right, but I'm saying that it's a credible source for me, which helps. And then the price of the three firsts, the teams who have that, it really is just the Eagles. So yeah, for me, I'm looking at that thinking, yeah, I, I think that one could happen. And I think it can happen I don't think there's a rush on it. I think that's the interesting thing because I think that there is going to be some time missed out with the ban. And I think the Eagles are quite happy to wait because I think they almost want the ban because they've got Hurts this year. They're not going to win this year. I think they understand that, the Eagles. I think they understand. They're they they, they they're taking the salary cap year. So they're taking a huge hit this year. And I think they understand they're not going to get what they want this year. So I think... I think it could happen. And I think, you know, if I'm drafting Deshaun Watson this year, his price right now, I still think is quite attractive. I still think he's going in 10th, 11th, 12th round of drafts. And I'm quite, uh, and in a a one QB league, he's going undrafted. I'm quite happy to pull the trigger on Deshaun Watson as my second QB or in a super flex in the 10th, 11th, 12th round. Because I, I think he can play at some point. And if he's going to play, yeah, and he is an elite talent, and he's a top five fantasy quarterback, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. If he's going to play half a season, he's going to have value. And that's for me where that value is. If I can get him in that sort of range, I took him in the Scott Fish Bowl in the 10th or 11th round. I was more than happy. I took him as my QB four 
in that format. And I was quite happy to do it. So I think take a risk. Um, if you want to win a championship, he's the sort of guy that could do it. But it's far enough down the border where that pick doesn't hurt you if it doesn't work out. But you think, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you agree? I think you agree. I think you think he could go. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I think, I think one of the biggest considerations, especially when it comes to trading a quarterback, is getting him out of your division, out of your conference. I, I like the, the worst. The worst thing that could possibly happen to the Texans to to compound this, you know, to make this even worse, is if you were to trade him in the AFC and then to get beaten by him in the playoffs in the years to come. You know, not the Texans are going to compete now, but you know, that puts you in in a, in a rebuild, which means you intend on competing in a few years' time. You, you can't see the Sean Watson for the next seven, eight, nine years. That it can't happen. So you've got to get you've got to ship him to the NFC. Um, the Eagles have got the capital. That's that's clear. So I mean, that makes it you know a, a good fit. I also think the division's a great fit. Fitz isn't long for you know. I love Fitz, but Fitz in Washington is short term, which means they're going to need to have a new quarterback at some point. Daniel Jones, that could still go either way. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, so they've not exactly got their quarterback of the future, and then we've got a quarterback coming off a major injury. So uh, it, you're putting them into a division where if you're playing the long game for Philadelphia, you can use this year to, like you say, reset the salary cap. Also gives you the opportunity to get a higher draft pick. Worst case scenario, Jalen Hurts balls out and you find out he's actually worth keeping and like, or, or he's worth trading. And like that, that's the worst thing that could happen because if you're bad, see what Miami did a couple of years ago with Josh Rosen. You end up with multiple high high picks. It, it gives you capital to do whatever you want, and you, then you're dropping Deshaun Watson in ready for the future. It's just it makes too much sense. Well, I I liken this now to when Brady got the ban for the deflating of the footballs, and mm-hmm. they started Jimmy Garoppolo for four games. Um, although I think yeah. he got hurt, and I think Jacoby Brissett played. He did. <laughs> but I think against the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah so I think that is that is a scenario that you're kind of playing out. I think you agree. I think you play hurt, you see what happens, um, and you tempt people into getting some of that back. And I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they did that to coincide with each other, maybe, uh, depending if it gets near the trade deadline. I don't know. I think I think it could happen, and I think that makes that division, which I've joked for a long time, the NFC least. I think it makes it a lot more exciting when you've got a quarterback so fits. All right, he's not gonna be there. But then that Eagles. Cowboys rivalry with those two quarterbacks would be exciting for a few years. That's for sure. If if they do play in, and then this is also contingent on these legal, these legal issues being resolved in some form of manner that doesn't result in him losing the ability to play football, which if he gets traded, tells me that's not going to happen. He's not going to, yeah, no, his status it, is too badly affected. You might get a ban, but it's a ban. It's not going to be a, a long-term situation. To be honest, with what we've just said, it, it could even be, I mean, maybe the Eagles are saying worst case scenario is he sits year window worse off because we're playing the long game here. We're not it's not necessarily about this year. If he plays great, if he doesn't, maybe we're still just okay with it. Yeah. Um absolutely. It's it's a really interesting situation, but the, the Eagles just make too much sense, especially now when we spoke about it before, we were pre-draft, where you've got a bunch of teams that had capital. Like the Jets, for instance, had multiple first round picks and a need at quarterback. You know, there was more teams to talk about. Now we've got to this stage. You've got teams that have drafted rookie QBs. They're in a three, what, probably a three year cycle at least to find out that that guy can play. Um, So now you're just looking at teams that have got got the capital to actually pull it off and a potential need at quarterback. So Philly just fits. Yeah. I think it's one to more, I think it's one to just keep an eye on, but I find. If I and also the you know for fantasy perspective now, so the flipping this round, I'm not worried about Deshaun Watson going to Philadelphia because he played with probably the worst wide receiver core we've seen in some years in in Houston last year. All right, yeah, Brandon Cooks. This is not Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is a good player. Um, so that but everybody else, you know, he's playing with Kiki QT, uh, who's who's never fit. He played with Will Fuller, who's never fit. He played with I can't remember he was catching the ball at times in, in Houston last year. And, you know, he did it. He did it. Randall Cobb, who's like 90. Um, you know, he, he's pl- he plays with, he's played with 
he's going to get a better wide receiver core in, in Philadelphia. So I, I think it's exciting. If I'm in a dynasty player, I'm, I'm reacting to this news by maybe trying to buy a Jalen Rago or, or trying to, because he's, he's going to be cheap. Um, if you've got to the Smith shares, that's fantastic. Um, I'd, I'd be looking to buy some pieces of this Philly offense uh, for the future if I can get them at a, at a very cheap price, especially Jalen Rager. I think for me now, this news makes me very bullish about Jalen Rager and what he can do. And I think, because don't forget, Jalen Rager is a first-round wide receiver. He's not, he's no joke. I know it's quite easy to make fun of first-round wide receivers who don't do well, um, like Nikhil Harry. Um, but I'd be looking at that investment and thinking, oh, oh, I reckon you can get Jalen Rager quite cheap right now. So I think try and, try and go out and buy him uh, in anticipation of this news. Um, let's talk some injury stuff quickly. So let's talk about Cam Akers. He's down for the year, uh, torn Achilles. Uh, Henderson is now going to step up and be the, the running back one. And there's some thoughts there about Xavier Jones in, in the backup. You've got Jake Funk, who they drafted in the seventh round. They've got Raymond Calais, who the Buccaneers drafted in the seventh round. He performed cut and he went to the practice squad. Do you think, you know, there's this talk, not too much on, on, on scheme here, but given the fact that Akers had Henderson behind him, so they were never going to give him the full workload. Do you think Henderson is in line for more workload than Akers would have got because of the fact you've got Jones uh, and Funk and Calais behind? Or do you think that, one, they've assigned someone, or two, it doesn't matter because the scheme is the scheme and anyone can kind of play it? Can you get your thoughts? I think it's the scheme is the scheme because I think that's the way Sean McVay treats everything. Um, I think that's um, I, that, that, so I'm going to express my dislike for Jared Goff here. That's how I think you get Jared Goff to a Super Bowl. The scheme is the scheme, um, and it will drag the players along with them. Cam Akers looks like a, gr- a great player for sure, no no problem, but I don't think it affects what you do workload-wise. I think they want to be multiple, and that's if someone else is working out in a game, we, we're going to ride the hot hand a little bit. We can do that, but we can only do that if we've not designated one guy as like a, an absolute workhorse. Um, I mean, just just for laughs. I mean, they're probably still paying Todd Gurley money off, right? Might as well just bring him back, paying him anyway. <laughs> well, I think that ship. Has, I think that ship has sailed. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I said this is about no. weeks ago because you've paid you've paid ten million dollars to have him not on your team. I don't think you're then going to give him money. You clearly think he's washed up because you're not paying that kind of money. They, they didn't save nearly anything. No, they just wanted him off the team. Right. Yeah. So you're not going to bring someone back who you've paid so much money to not be there for very little to no benefit at all. So that says to me that it's not going to be Gurley. It, I think it's for me, it's going to be more someone like Le'Veon Bell if they bring someone in, but they're going to need to bring in someone on very cheap money. They don't have loads of money, the Rams, but they're talking about they're not going to bring someone in. And that's where I'm with you. I think the scheme is the scheme. I don't think you need to have great talent. And when I say great talent, by the way, I'm not knocking Xavier Jones or Jake Funk or anything like that. What I mean by that is you don't need to have a name running back there to do the job. And what I mean by that is, remember a couple of years ago when Gurley went down and they signed um, oh, CJ Anderson. Yeah, they signed CJ Anderson. I did said CJ Henderson. I did this the other day on the chat. <laughs> they signed DJ CJ Anderson off off waivers, and he came and he just absolutely stormed it at the end of the season. The, the McVeigh scheme is so heavily dependent on the rush. They don't necessarily need to have amazing running backs who are going to break off amazing runs. So I'm with you, and I think the argument that you're hearing on Twitter right now, if you follow fantasy football Twitter, is oh, well, Henderson is going to get more work than Akers because there's no one behind him. And it's complete crap. So the same reason, and we all had Liz Loser on last week, I said the same reason I don't want Cam Akers is because they're not going to give him the full load. It's exactly the same reason I don't want Henderson at a second round price. I think if Henderson is there at the late third, I'm buying. But I think be cautious. 
if you want to get him and you have that belief in the mid third, I don't have a problem with that. I think if you're getting into the second round territory, I think you're going to be wholly disappointed. But I do think Xavier Jones is very much worth an add in the ninth, 10th, 11th round of drafts. So I think the other thing that's interesting, bear in mind, we were just talking about about Todd Gurley and saying that they obviously would, you know, that the amount you paid to basically make sure he didn't play for you rather than play for you also plays into the fact that we don't want a workhorse because that's what he was. We had to keep feeding him the ball because we need to make sure he gets going. A Derrick Henry type. Do you know what I mean? But we're better off without that guy because it gives us more options. I tell you a guy, you mentioned CJ Anderson. Um, and it, it sprung a guy to mind. I've just been trying to look up his contract. I think he's out of contract. I tell you a guy who'd be a great fit to keep them on schedule, not from a fantasy perspective, literally from a football perspective, that a guy who would keep them on track. And I would love to see on a team that has a chance to win again, because he's been on some bad teams recently, is Frank Gore. That's not the worst shout in the world. Yeah, I wouldn't touch him from a fantasy perspective. But No, no, not, not a fantasy perspective. But I'm just thinking as a CJ Anderson comparison, do you know um, what? An older guy that keeps it on track. Well, he doesn't, yeah, he's out of the contract. He doesn't have a deal. So, and also he would benefit from warm weather. You know, I think, I think, I think, you know, he would, you look at how he was in Miami. For me, he's better in Miami than he was in New York. That's not a surprise. I, I, I think, you know, you can sit here and say, oh, well, it was a scheme or, you know, he worked for the same coach in the same scheme. For me, the weather was a big part of that. He looked much better at home than he did on the road. And I think the, the weather really helps. Frank. I'd, keep, I'd sign Frank Gore back tomorrow as a Dolphins fan because yeah. I also don't like a running back room. But uh, I, I just think we're two years from his son joining the NFL. Hey, we have them both. Play both <laughs> together. It'll be awesome. <laughs> so look, we're in, I think we're in good, good. I think we're in agreement here. Just don't believe that Henderson is going to get a bigger role than Akers was. Just, you know, third round, fine. Second round, be cautious. There's better players there. Um, the, the, sorry, one last thing. The only thing is, is if you think Akers is going to get a 70% split, Henderson probably gets that 70%. So he just gets shifted up one spot in the roster. Do you know what I mean? It's the, You know, if you truly believe that it was going to be particularly lopsided, then then yeah, that the, the logic does does fit but yeah 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 if anything i think henderson might get a, a tad less work but not not loads less. i like in terms of a comparison to acres but yeah i think it's going to be the same sort of ballpark um so let's move on to michael thomas because this this is baffling to me michael thomas was injured most of last year missed a lot of games whatever comes back and so he had an ankle injury he reports back to the facility and they said, well, actually, you need surgery. And now he's got ankle, he's had like ankle ligament surgery a, a month or so ago. And the timeline for that is four months. Now, this puts this window on Michael Thomas somewhere returning between late September and early November, because we don't know when the surgery was and recovery and all that. So he could miss three games. He could miss eight, nine, ten, nine games. <sighs> Why? What, why do you think this has happened? Why Why do you think... What I mean, do, do you think Michael Thomas is going to have an impact this year for the Saints and the NFL? I think it's so tough because you saw when when Drew Brees didn't play last year how he, he was kind of not automatically the num- the go-to target. They they kind of, I don't know, spread it around a little more, for, for lack of a better term. He was also hurt, so... Um, I think this is a, this is another example of the the, the Saints. The, the Saints management is, is a strange one because at times they just do stuff that you just is absolutely baffling. And how you've got to a scenario where where one of the best wide receivers in the NFL is having surgery that is is coming in to tell you he's got an injury late enough that this is a problem. I think you've got bigger. I think you've got bigger issues as an organization. Like. He should be coming to you straight away and telling you he's injured. This shouldn't be a... Yeah, I, I think this is a serious problem for a lot of different things. Let's take Michael Thomas right now. So first of all, he's had 
he had a problem that kept him out, let's be honest, most of the year. He's then come back. <laughs> he is still hurt. He's had surgery to correct that. I think he's going to be out. At first, I thought, and I was quite flippant. I thought, eh, he'll be back by September, October. I'm now at the point where I'm not going to draft Michael Thomas anymore because I actually do not believe, even if, even if he does come back in September, that he's not going to be 100%. And then because he's missed camp, he's going to need time to bed in. He's going to need time to get going. So it's still going to be November. If he didn't come back till October, beginning of November, you might as well hold him out because by the time he gets up to game speed, given the fact he's not played for two years, he is not going to be worth that much to you. And I think now Michael Thomas is effectively a bust pick. And if you, I took him in the Warrior Bowl, and I, I've pretty much written him off. I pretty much, like, if I get him for the fantasy playoffs, great. If I don't, I don't. And I think this has bigger complications because I don't even think, I think this changes the entire offense. Because I, I, I went into this thinking, I'm completely bullish that Jameis Winston, I said this a week ago, Jameis Winston is going to win that job. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. I'm now of the contention that I think Taysom Hill is going to get more of the ball because now you don't have a recognised wide receiver one. You don't have a recognised wide receiver one. Unless you sign someone off the street, your wide receivers going into the season now are Deontay Harris, um, Traycon Smith, who's barely that. He's barely done anything yet. Well, um, I can't even think who else is on their depth chart. <laughs> no, not off the top of my head. Not off the top of my head. I couldn't even tell you who the who, who the new slot receiver would be. Be, be. And it's because you're banking on the fact that Michael Thomas is on the team. Right. So they might go out and sign someone. They probably will go out and sign someone. But it's not Michael Thomas. But not easy, not Michael Thomas. There's a reason the guy is still a free agent. <laughs> You're not going to you're not going to sign anybody really notable. So then that means you have to change the entire offense, and so that team will work better with Taysom Hill under center. So I now am of the belief it will be more of a mix, and I think Taysom Hill could start the season. Whereas I was very much a case of I actually think Winston will get this job quite comfortably. I'm now of the opinion that I think I think Hill will probably hold the reins for a bit. And then I think they'll give it to Winston or maybe the other way around. I think you might start seeing some rotation based on games. I think Hill is going to have a much bigger role at quarterback than we kind of expected. Now, people worried about what that might do to Alvin Kamara. I don't think it's going to affect Alvin Kamara because there isn't anyone else on that offense who's going to get the ball. Um, there literally isn't anyone else. Who, who are you going to give the ball to? The Latavius Murray, Alvin Kamara... If anything, and Adam Troutman, that's it. That's who, that's who, and Deontay Harris. And that's a, that's your entire offense. I, I'm not worried about what uh, the Alvin Kamara is going to face. In fact, if anything, he's narrow up for me with Michael Thomas, regardless who's quarterback, because he's going to get all the touches. So I think for me, looking at this offense now, Hill becomes far more part of this offense. I think um, Hill, yeah, so I think Hill's going to be a lot more involved. They'll probably sign the wide receiver. I'm not really bothered about who they sign. And I think who they sign might be interesting to, to add. But, yeah, I think it's a tough one. I think the Saints now, if I was looking at the betting markets of the Saints, I'd be betting the under because I, I just don't think they're going to put a lot together this year. They're just too too much in transition now. Um, with what they've had to do with the salary cap, they should have probably just eaten all the salary cap this year now, given what's happened. The, the Saints are on the precipice of being a hot mess. Yeah. It's got it's got the it's got the potential to be one of those seasons where you say this team cannot be this bad because they're still good on paper. They, they, like, let's be honest, they're still not horrible on paper. They, you know they have something, but we were at the same stage week three, week four last year with the Houston Texans. They cannot possibly end the season this badly, and it continued to deteriorate. And I think you, you can you can be on that precipice. I think from a fantasy perspective, I think Alvin Kamara actually gets more work. Because I think he is now he is now the offense. I'm so for anyone that's never heard me and Murph chat about this, I'm not a Winston guy. So I I always thought that Winston being quarterback would lead to more work for, for Kamara because that's where I would trust the ball more. Um, but I don't trust Taysom Hill anymore either. Um, 
you know, I, I think you needed needed some balance. The only thing is now there's a real, very real possibility that you go into some games and, and teams just stack the box and say, go on then, beat us. Try it. See what you can do. If you can, great. And if not, then, you know, we're just not going to get killed by Alvin Kamara. And you've Maybe got that's two, away. You've got two teams in that division, in the Buccaneers and, and the Panthers, who are pretty good at stopping the run. Buccaneers, number one, last two years. Um, that that defense has been completely rebuilt under Matt Rule in Carolina. I think they're pretty good at, at, at stopping the run. So I think I look at it now as like that's four games you're going to really struggle <laughs> to run the football. And, and they were good at stopping the run when you had Michael Thomas and Drew Brees and a balanced offense. Yeah. <laughs> now they know it's coming. I mean, I don't want to be standing out on the field and telling the Bucks defense, "Yeah, hey, we're going to run the ball." <laughs> I, do you know what? I, I think you let them run the ball. I think you go all right. Go on then. You you can have you can have your fourteen points running the ball because you're not you're not going to do anything here. You could you could play cover two, cover three on them all day long. And do you know what? You, we saw this in the Super Bowl, right? We saw that the Buccaneers went. All right, we're going to stop the run. We're going to take away the run, and what we're going to do is we're going to let you have all the yards in between the twenties. Do what you want to do in between the twenties. You want to give the ball to Travis Kelsey? You crack on, no problem. But we're not going to give you the big plays out wide to to Taysom, uh, to Tyreek Hill, and we're not going to let you running back. He can have his six yard run, four yard run, five yard run. He can have his he can have his change, but he's not going to get he's not going to get a big run. And that's and do you know what? If you do that to the Saints, they're going to be a losing team this year. So, um, breaking news. Not that this is really breaking news at all. McVeigh emphasising keeping Henderson healthy in 21. Which is basically what we've just been saying. Is that they're going to rotate Henderson out a fair bit. So, there you go. Um, <laughs> Sean McVeigh is just validating. It's almost like he's been listening in and just giving us a signal. So, thanks, Sean. Um, the last bit of news. I'm going to skip the Hopkins bit because I don't even think that's really news anymore. Um Let's talk about this this COVID situation. We've seen the uh, O-line um, coach of the Vikings get fired for refusing to get vaccinated. We're seeing players get fined or potentially cut for refusing to get vaccinated. We've seen that now there's some really awkward situations now. Um, the NFL rules that came out last week around this were uh, very clear that if um, a game was put off due to COVID and due to unvaccinated players was the reason why there was a breakout. They would try and reschedule the game during the season. If they were unable to reschedule the game during the season, then they would, therefore, if they made the playoff hunt, would take an an L, would, would get a loss on their record. And this went one step further. If the game was put off because of an unvaccinated player, none of the players would get paid the game check, which is one seventeenth of the salary for the season. So the NFL have made this stance that everybody is getting vaccinated, whether they like it or not, basically. And if you don't, you've seen a few players, uh, and you know, DeAndre Hopkins has come out and he's re- deleted this tweet saying he was contemplating retiring. Uh, he's deleted it. I don't think he's going to retire. He came out in another tweet and said he's got nine years left. So... Um, I've seen some interesting tweet, tweets. Leonard Fournette said that he would listen to the team doctors before making an opinion. He wants more information. I think that's acceptable, but I don't think he was someone that was really keen on getting vaccinated. Um, we've seen Cole Beasley and what he's done, um, but he said he's quite happy to profit off of vaccination. <laughs> Tells you, I think, everything you need to know uh, about I think him. He's going to get it in play. Yeah, so really interesting what's going on here um and i think we're going to get players cut as a result of not wanting to get vaccinated i guess it all depends on how expendable you are as a player i think the buccaneers have instituted a fourteen thousand dollar fine if you don't get vaccinated because of all the extra stuff you're going to have to uh, put the team through and that was what the fine was for um but what are your thoughts do you think we're going to how do you think this, that this is going to affect the season, I guess, more than anything else and people that might suffer as a result of this? Um, I think that... I'm going to go back to something I said earlier. Um, 
about Aaron Rodgers. It comes down to money. I, I, if you're principled enough to say, I'm going to turn this down and, and I'm going to risk risk the fines, I'm going to risk not being able to play, then fair enough. I, I, have, I appreciate you being convicted enough to do that. I just don't think enough players are. I think Cole Beasley is a perfect example of coming out and, and making making your point. That's great. You're you're in one hundred. He's one hundred percent entitled to that opinion and to not get jabbed, one hundred percent. And the NFL are also able to say, "Well, that's fine. You're now ineligible to play, right? You don't meet the requirements, so you can't play." But then to come out and say, "I'll do it if I can profit," well. You're not that convicted, are you? You don't really believe it that much because you're going to let someone do it so you can come back to work and earn, earn, earn that big paycheck. You're not going to start working in, in Walgreens. No. You know, and I'd say, I, I actually work with somebody who's, who's completely convinced they're not going to get jabbed. That's absolutely fine. She is 100% convicted and I, I respect her for that. Doesn't mean I agree, but, but I, I can appreciate that. But... Me walking in and saying I'll give you more money would never change her mind. She's convicted. That's that's great, and I you know I respect that. I just when you see when you see someone come out and say like like the Cole Beasley situation, I think it's an interesting one. I don't really know. I don't think it's going to have any impact on the season. You know, we managed to get every single game played within the season. I think that that will happen regardless. So I can't see people really get... I, I think what's going to happen is people will lose their jobs by not getting vaccinated. Then you've got a moral issue. Is this right? Is this wrong? Who, you know. But I mean, I it's definitely it, interesting, bearing in mind people were allowed to opt out last season. Yeah. You know... I think you should... I think that should be a thing this year. I think... Well, actually, there was. There was a deadline. They could opt out. There was a deadline. It's gone. But they didn't get the same... I think they got a check. I think they, they, they I think they got a, a stipend from the from the from the NFL and they didn't have to pay that back. So I think there was but that deadline is gone. So I don't know what happens now. I mean I'm surprised as, as a workplace they're that the NFL are able to enforce it. Um because it's kind of every player is entitled to their to their own opinion and, and shouldn't you know you couldn't force someone to take a painkiller. So, uh, you know, I think it's a really interesting situation. I think we, we kind of hear more about it going on. I, I think for the most part, most all the teams are going to hit that 80% threshold. The games are going to be played. And like you say, I think your job your job security will depend on, on your, your status as a player. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I think that's the, that's the line now is... Be principled, don't be principled. It's entirely up to you. But at the end of the day, the NFL wants this to go one way. And to be honest, for an easier life, get on the train. But that's not me telling you that as a person. I think that's just, you know, I think it is. That's the way the NFL is playing it out. Get on, get on board, or, or get off the get off at the next stop. And I think right, wrong. I have some issues with it. As much as I'm pro vaccine and have been vaccinated, I think you know you've got to allow people a, a, some form of choice, but it, it is what it is. Um, but I think it's an interesting one. I don't think it's going to delay the season too much. I don't think, I think once we get started with the season, it's going to be less of a thing, but it is a thing right now. And I think we will see camp casualties as a result of this. So um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's going to be an interesting time. I don't think there's, any other real significant news? Cams are back this week. I think we're going to get a ton of news in the next two weeks um, with the NFL. Is there anything else you want to bring up? Anything you think could happen in the next week or two that you think could be interesting for people to keep an eye out on? I think a lot of stuff we're going to stop hearing about in the next week because it's going to be actual football news back and people are going to stop regurgitating stories from six months ago, pretending that it's still news. Yeah. You know, a couple of weeks ago, you saw someone, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers is still not happy with his contract, but he wasn't happy six months ago and nothing's changed. So can't imagine he got any happier about it, <laughs> you know, and that, and that goes for lots of players. You know, Deshaun Watson wasn't happy six months ago. He's not happier now because guess what? He's still there. So, you know, it, that, that's the, the stage of the season we've been at for the last couple of weeks. Glad that camp is coming so we can then move on, get some actual news and <laughs> stuff can get rolling. Yeah, I completely, I think it's an interesting 
situation. Um, I'm looking forward to camp. I think this is where things start to get going now, which I think is is great. And I'm really excited for uh, the season to start and we get going, which I think is amazing. Um, just one last thing then. So let's, uh, let's get this one wrapped up. Um, if you have been listening, thank you very much. Thank you for all the lovely messages we've received when we hit 400 um 400 episodes it was a great episode last week with liz and the rest of the guys have put out some amazing content uh this week as well so please do get listening to that we do have our listener leagues this year now lee and i are going to work on getting a form put up on the site so we'll get that up at some point this week um so just on that I'm going to give out now the list of the leagues that we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing a guillotine best ball, a flex frenzy, a rules mania, a super flex tight end premium, um, a deep, super deep trench league, PPR standard, uh, IDP tiered PPR. And then we're going to do an auction league, a vampire league and a couple of other uh, leagues as well. So please do get um, involved Um we're asking for people only to sign up at one at a time. There'll be a form on the website. So please do check that out and fill it in because I think you'll really enjoy uh, the leagues that we put together. So, uh, but yeah, basically just follow the website for all the information uh, on that. And uh, yeah, you'll find all the details uh, there on the website. So Sign up. They're good leagues. We'll be giving prizes to every league winner. Uh, We also have our champion of champions. That's a crazy one this year. Um, So do get involved. Do sign up to uh, our listener leagues. Uh, Just keep an eye on the website. We will drop a tweet as well when they're available. So keep an eye on those for the, in the coming week as well. But uh, Lee, thanks for coming on. Uh, Do you want to talk about your dolphins podcast for all the dolphins fans out there? Yeah, for any, anyone who's interested in listening to the Dolphins, um, so listening to us ramble on about the Dolphins, um, we've got a podcast that goes out every Tuesday called the Dolphin UK Podcast. Um, been great. Um, me, um, Simon from the Dolphin UK fan group, and Andy, who's from the Full 10 Yards. So, yeah, great. We, we love talking Dolphins, but we are 100% biased. Not going to apologize for it. No. <laughs> It's what it's about, isn't it? I mean, a fan pod. So, yeah, good to. So, Dolphins fans, do check out Lee on that uh, and get involved. But, uh, everyone, thank you very much for uh, tuning in. Look, please keep in touch with everything that's going on uh, across the, the podcast. There's loads of podcasts going out every day now. Um, so, plenty of content for you to catch up with. Don't forget to buy the, um, the FFCC t shirts that's of interest or any of the other t-shirts that we have on on the store the playbook is out there as well and um, so do uh, go ahead and buy that we are doing a uh, discount code for that which will be available in the show notes as well to so take advantage of that it is download only we only do printed ones through uh, amazon appreciate everyone who always watches and supports us thank you so much for joining in and until next week don't forget keep rushing HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.